Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Okay, Key, good morning. What's happening, man? I just was trying to listen to the, the, the music. Heard it on Westwood One, NCAA Radio yeah, Network. On the way in, Duke advances to the Sweet 16. Before, before we get into your alma mater, Jay. Jersey, number hanging in the rafters, two-time player of the year, national champion, all that. Before Big weekend we for in, Jersey. Big weekend for Jersey overall. But, but before we get into that, how your brackets doing, guys? <laughs> how your brackets doing? I'm good. I'm still oh, in a good position. You're slightly so better jacked. than me, which is – I don't think – how is that possible? I, I can't – rhyme or reason can't answer that for me. All right, so here's, here's where good. we are. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I picked USC to win the championship. What else am I going to do? Right. Right, yeah. I found who, out this morning. You actually believe to win the championship? <laughs> I found out this morning you my bracket is better than yours. You I thought can't was going to win either, did you, Jay? I did. I picked Arizona. You thought Duke was going to win? No, I picked Arizona to win it. Yep, see? See how when you try to set me up and I clap back real quick? That's not good. See, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't pick another team other than USC. I went to USC. I can't. That's like, why would you pick Arizona? You went to Duke, man. He, went, he won a national title with Duke playing basketball. Key, you have 370 points, which puts you last among the three of us. Again, I can't believe there's anyone whose bracket is worse than mine right now. But you've done it. Three of your four final teams are remaining, but your champion, SC, lost in the first round. Uh, Jay got 390 <laughs> points. All four. Jay, of your final four teams are remaining. You have Arizona winning it all. That was a popular pick this year. Yep. Jay can, uh, you know, Arizona survived a tough one last night. Survive in advance. There's a reason why that's the name. I try to stay up for that one. That was a no, mistake. Not gonna. Struggle City. Struggle. How many points do you have? I also have 390 points. I cannot We're believe tied? it. Uh, I got Gonzaga and Kansas remaining, but I had Tennessee. Going all the way, yeah, they're out. So. See, it would have been it would have been easy for me to pick Miami, but well, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not going against USC. It's just not going to happen ever in life. We right. told you during the show on Friday that we thought I told you to take the under, which the under hit, and I also told you that Miami people have Miami favored in that. But game. I'm never going. I, that's not. I'm not built like that, Jay. Yeah, I I'm hear, not I hear, going I against the Trojans. I feel no you. matter what, they, it could be water polo. <laughs> I know nothing about it. If USC is playing, I'm taking USC. I'm with you. Let's get into Duke beating Michigan State, shall we? Listen to your coach, Jay, Mike Krzyzewski, at the post-game presser. I'm incredibly proud of my guys. You guys were terrific, man. I'm really proud to be your coach. You know, that it had nothing to do with coaching in those last four or five minutes. It all had to do with heart. And togetherness, and uh, they followed their hearts, and God bless them. Uh, you know, we're in the Sweet 16. Jay, you said before the tournament started, one of the reasons you weren't higher on Duke is you believe this time of year you need guard play, a certain mm-hmm. kind of toughness in your guard play. What did you see from Duke in this game? They were challenged. They were down late. Well, first off, for me, it was a trifecta. Duke won the game. They covered – and I also hit the over. So it was a good night last night. Me and my daughter, my family, my dad came in all watching it. 
And but I, I love key. You hear how Jay just combined good, wholesome family time yes, with, with gambling with, and betting. Yeah, it all works yeah. in unison, guys. <laughs> I see. So I it see. makes the overall experience watching the tournament even better. Yeah. Um, but like, so look, my freshman year, I cannot tell you guys how difficult it was being an extension of your coach on the floor, being a point guard for Coach K. It, it was challenging for me not really playing the point guard position before to learn how to navigate. Is Max in the right place? Is Key in the right place? Has Max got enough touches? Has Key got enough touches? When am I going to get my touches? What's the time and situation? What player are we in? All that. So the whole first half of my first year, I was robotic, right? I, there, I was, there was no feel to the game. I wasn't reactionary. And I think the same thing happened with Jeremy Roach. He didn't play a lot, and now we're seeing him in the starting lineup, and it finally feels like the game is becoming natural to him. He understands what is expected of him. And for him to have 15 points and make some huge shots down the stretch, yeah, I can give you good names like Paolo Bencaro and Wendell Moore and Mark Williams. They gave you good plays. But the team is in this position because Jeremy Roach has stepped up and been a dynamic playmaker for them down the stretch when they need plays off the dribble. And, and that's the reason why Duke is in the Sweet 16. And I know Coach K mentioned the fact that it's not about the coaching. It's about the grit, the toughness, and, and you know basically perseverance and getting things done. But it is about coaching. Whenever you can recognize a guy like Roach who hadn't played you know all that much until down the stretch when they made the decision to go with him, that's coaching. That's understanding your personnel. And that's – that's why he is the greatest coach of all times in the modern era that I could see. Uh, I know everyone would say, well, what about John Wooden? I wasn't around for that. I've only been around for this. And that is coaching. Um, whenever you can recognize your talent and know when to go to that talent in a situation like this, now you find yourself playing in another Sweet 16. And Tom Izzo, like I, I give Tom Izzo a lot of credit. I spent time with him. You know, I, I left here to call one game. It was Michigan State versus Illinois. Illinois lost the other day, too. We'll get into that. But, look, Tom Izzo's teams always play you hard, man. Like, defensively, they draw a line in the sand, and they and, and they fight. Um, the game was a little bit more quicker tempo for them yesterday. But this team hasn't had the scoring punch. There's been some issues with them offensively staying alive. But uh, you have to go through the gauntlet in order to win this thing. The best teams don't always win. Two things. One, when you talked about coaching, I thought Duke changed defensively down the stretch. Did you see anything that Coach K did where, where they, they, were, they fell down? It was pretty late in the game. I'm hearing Jay Will in my head talking about guard play. <laughs> I actually thought the other thing I want to say is Bancaro was really good. Like, he would muscle it down low. He'd hit the outside shots. Oh, I yeah, muscle would... it down low, just not settle for jumpers like he right. sometimes yeah, does. Yeah, Because yeah. Coach K made plays to say, get That's your tail right. on the block and post up. Be a man. So offensively, Bancaro played, played tough and defensively did did Coach K do anything defensively to change that game late? It looked to me like Duke clamped down. I, it, it, so for me, it came, yeah, Duke did clamp down defensively, but for me it came down to Michigan State struggles to score the rock sometimes, man. They, they go through these droughts in games that, that's been consistent with who they've been the whole year. They didn't have a guard that consecutively make big plays. Hager got in foul trouble, I think, which is huge for them. And I, I think when things like that happen um, – it, 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 it creates difficulty for Michigan State to score. See, something occurs to me as we're talking. Key, like how you always take SC. 
Jay, are you doing the reverse jinx thing a little mean? bit? What do you mean? See, I can't see. You can't don't have even to say put it. that onto the public. He can't say it out loud. Key, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's just he can't. I may have just blown it. If Duke now loses, it's my fault because I yeah. outed the reverse jinx from Jay. Yeah, and and then Evan, like during our pregame show, our pregame show, our pre-production show, I was like, yeah, well, we're gonna save this this sound for when Coach K loses. I'm like, don't say that. Right. Don't uh, say Jay, that. My guy, Jay, my guy's 0-3 in NCAA tournament games in California. I'm just saying. See, Jay, I don't, runner, stat. Hey, CK, Jay, I don't need that energy runner, on dog. Monday morning. I don't no, need No, you're a front runner, man. You're supposed to take Duke for everything. Even I do in, take Duke for everything. I just don't even tell you checkers, what it is. You're supposed to take Duke. You can't put it out there. It's because on, the man. basketball gods will humble you in the, in the tournament. You have to come in thinking, ah, oh, we're not going to do anything this year. See what happened when you took USC? See? Yeah. Otherwise, they'd have won, right? Yeah, right. Uh, the other big story from the NCAA tournament <laughs> is that for the second straight year and third time ever, a 15 seed is in the Sweet 16, and St. Peter's head coach, Shaheen Holloway, ooh, is he talking that talk. Some coaches, they open their ooh. mouth, you're like, oh, yeah, I'd run through a brick wall for that guy. He's going to join us at 9.30 live today. All right, we're back in less than two minutes. Huge story in the NFL, and Deshaun Watson is why he's on the move to Cleveland. It's demon time on prize picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 100 times times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com/morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The madness continues. Westwood One, NCAA Radio Network. Doug Adder, there's the answer on the other end. St. Peter's back up. I got guys from New Jersey and New York City. You think we scared anything? This is ESPN Radio. So uh, 15 seed St. Peter's is in the Sweet 16. Shaheen Holloway, head coach, has St. Peter's in the Sweet 16 and is the favorite to leave for the Seton Hall job. Uh, St. Peter's is the first Jersey school in the Sweet 16 since Holloway led Seton Hall as a player to the Sweet 16 in 2000. Mm. By the way, coach is going to join us at 930. This is the second straight year we've seen a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. 
And just the third over, Oral Roberts did it uh, last year in Florida Gulf Coast in 2013. But two. Jump City. Back to back. Why are we seeing so many double-digit Dunk seeds? City. I said Jump City. I don't know why. Make runs like this, Jay. It, it, look, I, it's because you are having, like, these traditional blue blood programs. Think about this, Key. Like, back in the day, you used to see these incredible recruiting classes, the Fab Five. I mean, even my year in, in 1999-2000, we had three NBA first-round draft picks in my recruiting class, right? You don't see these big-time classes anymore. So what you're, you're, you're seeing uh, so much parity in college basketball because there's so many other avenues for kids to go, whether that be the G League, you're seeing that team in L.A., right, overseas. You're seeing Overtime Elite, which is a high school basketball league in which kids are earning $150,000, $200,000. And now what you're seeing is these mid-major programs where kids, you know, these three-star, four-star recruits are going. They're staying around for three to four years, and they have an understanding of who they are going against some of these freshmen who aren't three or four power-time freshmen on the same team, and they don't know who they are. So, you know, look, for teams who are mature, they have a better chance of beating the younger, immature teams, even though they have a blue blood jersey on their, on their, on their chest. So for a team like St. Peter's going up against a more – you know, established team like a Purdue, that's where they're going to struggle at, in other words, Jay, because they're not veterans. I mean, they're not going up against the youth so much as they did early on in the tournament. And, and Purdue has Jaden Ivey. He's a top He's a top ten pick. Uh, they have sides. They're a veteran team. That's going to be a tough game for them because St. Peter's is undersized. But I'm just trying. Shaheen Holloway has something special. Sweet. Guess what high school he went to? St. Patrick's in New Jersey, the same one Kyrie Irving went to. Talk about guard play. Those are the kind of mentality guards that you have that come out of Jersey. Uh, you don't come out of the game for making offensive mistakes. You, you come did. out of the game for making key? defensive mistakes key? on Holloway's team. Yes, you came out of Jersey, Ooh. Jay. We yeah, Tri-State. You hear that, Yates? Right, Tri-State. We New Jersey, it ain't New York. The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. I'm ecstatic that we signed um, Deshaun Watson, and I'm ecstatic because it's time for a new chapter. Deshaun Watson is a competitor. I'm pretty sure he's probably listening into these radio stations to see how the city is embracing him, and I feel like this is what we should do. Keyshawn J. Willemax, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Deshaun Watson has been traded to the Cleveland Browns. He's going to receive a new five-year, fully guaranteed, $230 million contract. It's a record for the highest guarantee ever given to an NFL player. Mm, mm, so mm. this trade, Deshaun's trade. Hoop money. Co- yeah. Co- you know, then you stop to think Alex Rodriguez signed a $250 million fully guaranteed contract in baseball, I want to say, 22 years ago or something like that. Oof. Anyway, Watson, the trade comes after a Texas grand jury declined to indict him on criminal charges stemming from lawsuits filed by 22 different women who have accused him of harassment um, and sexual assault. So we're going to cover the allegations and get a legal perspective on this from Amber Wilson in an hour. We're not going to ignore that side of the story. Can't. Um, and but but because Amber will talk about it then, and we will cover it then with someone with legal expertise. 
the Browns got the show. And by the way, we have feelings about this. You know, everyone does. Has he really a cat? He has 22 open civil cases. Has he, is it time to make this deal yet? Should the league have waited, et cetera? We're going to get to all that. The Browns get Deshaun and a fifth-round pick. The Texans get three firsts, a third, and a fourth. It's one of the biggest trades in NFL history. In fact, I'm trying to remember a quarterback at this stage in his career who was this good on the field ever being traded. No. Three firsts, a third, and a fourth. I just want to clarify, so Baker Mayfield was not part of the deal. Baker Mayfield was not, not part, part of the, the deal. deal. Let me ask you this, though. Oh, wow. Let's say Deshaun is going to be suspended, given the outstanding open civil cases against him. Let's say it's an eight-game suspension based on historical precedent. I think Roethlisberger got six and got knocked down to four. Let's say, and I don't mean to speak about this, you know, cal- cynically or callously, but just like let's let's mm-hmm. look at what is likely to happen. I think something in a framework of something like eight games that gets knocked down to six. So he plays in a seventeen-game season, eleven games. Um, is this the biggest move to impact? Is, is this the biggest uh, uh, impact move of the offseason, Key? Deshaun Watson for eleven games. Yeah, I would I would say it is for this upcoming season only. For this upcoming season, you, you probably started with Russell Wilson, right? Or did Tom come back before Russell? Whatever that timeline was, Tom came back like a, a cup. Uh, oh, wait a minute. What did, what did you say, Evan? In my ear. Okay, so then you figure with these different timelines, you got. Wilson, Brady, Rodgers, but this is the last one to fall. Deshaun Watson's the last to fall. It's bigger than Adams, Devontae Adams moving over from the Raiders. You mentioned all of the compensation that was given up to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. In the end, the Cleveland Browns are betting those first-round picks are all in the late 20s -hmm. down to the 32nd pick. When the when they have to cash them in, that means Deshaun has led them to deep playoff runs and maybe even to a Super Bowl. Um, and then on top of that, to give him a five year, fully guaranteed two hundred and thirty million dollar deal, I believe forty eight million dollars of that was new money, on top of the old contract that came over from Houston. So certainly, this is huge. Pair that with Amari Cooper. I mean, that, it, it, you got to think that the Cleveland Browns are in the driver's seat in that division if Deshaun Watson is the Deshaun Watson of two seasons ago. Yeah. If he's that, mm-hmm. you got to think they're going to win the quarterback. division. It's not, even, if right he's the the same, of, yeah. even if he's the same guy, by the way, that was before the ascent of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. So even if he was, and if his play hasn't fallen off at all after a year off, or however many games he suspended on top of the year, there are three new quarterbacks in the mix now where there's kind of like a top seven. Yeah. Your, your, your question, though, was this the biggest move of the offseason? And I would say no. Um, it's a colossal move, but I still think Tom Brady retiring, unretiring, uh, leads into a lot of uh, speculative thoughts on his relationship with Bruce Arians and what else was going down and where he actually wanted to go if that is the case. So I think that, number one, is the biggest offseason thing that's happened. 
because of the storyline. I do think this is colossal, though. And it's interesting to me. A year ago, we had expectations for the Browns to be Super Bowl champions. They've definitely fallen low of those expectations. But now you think with Deshaun Watson, just as it pertains on the football field, we will get into all the stuff off the field in due time. But the talent speaks for itself. And now you think with the running game that they have, Kareem Hump, Nick Chubb, now you think with Amari Cooper, the pieces, uh, <laughs> out of nowhere, now you're looking at that whole division saying, damn, Joe Burrow, it's, Lamar it's, Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and then for the Steelers, Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, uh, it, how, it how does that name fit in? It definitely throws that. Like, I thought it was an amazing move, for the, or a good move for the Steelers, and now it may be, you know, with Watson also in a division with Burrow and Lamar Jackson. It doesn't look as good to me, but key – it's to me, it's a really good question because I think it's hard to answer. If you just limit the scope to this upcoming season, Brady's back, but did he ever really retire? Rodgers never went anywhere. They just lost Devontae Adams. Even um, uh, Russell Wilson maybe could, could be it, but the whole division got better. So now the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, if this were last year, you'd be like, oh my God, but, but that, that whole division gets better. So how much of a difference does it really make? Watson would be the answer to me, this is the except most it's polarizing. only for however many games. This is the most this, polarizing this, this, one. This whole division in AFC North got better, though. The yep. same as yep. the, same, West, the same. AFC yep. West. Yep. It got better. You, you essentially put an MVP from two years ago, two seasons ago, I keep saying two years ago, two seasons ago, you basically dropped an MVP into this division. Even though he didn't win the MVP, he could have won the level. MVP. Yeah. He was at that level. Um, it's yeah, it's it's the biggest. It, it, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, right? I mean, that that is what it is. And and you look at it, Aaron Rodgers, as you said, Max went nowhere. They lost Devontae Adams. Russell Wilson moved teams. But based on everything surrounding Deshaun Watson, you package that up, it's the biggest news of the offseason. They don't forget also, Bengals brought in offensive linemen, including Lyle Collins, who says, you know, your bodyguard's in town now, Joe Burrow. They, they revamped the offensive line at a very high level, and they're going to have those guys, you know, all year, one would think, you know, barring injury, knock wood, straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Much more on this story and why the Browns went all in on Watson. But speaking of Cleveland, LeBron returns home tonight, two nights after reaching yet another milestone. That's next, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? Maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Download the podcast. We're on your smart speaker. Say, play ESPN. We're on ESPN, too. All right. It's time for the no huddle. Guys, we have to get you caught up on everything you need to know from the weekend. On Saturday, LeBron James moved into second all-time scoring passing Carl Malone. LeBron now ranks second in points. Listen to this. Follow this. Seventh in assists and 39th in rebounds. Those are popular stats to track, right? So first, no, sorry, second and seventh and 39th combined to 48. In other words, if you take each as a number, two, seven, and 39, add them all up, you get to 48. That's the lowest combined ranks in points, rebounds, and assists in NBA history. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is... 40, at, at 49 years old. Wait, who's at 49 at 49 years old? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at 49 was the lowest of all time. Now LeBron at 48. Stats Incredible going. is brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. Yeah, here's – what's that, Jay? And he's still going. Still going and, like, still going strong. Here is LeBron on moving into second all-time in scoring. You know, just to be um, a part of this league for as many years I've been a part of it and uh, to be linked with some of the greatest that ever played this game, guys that I'll – either watched or studied or, or read about uh, or inspired to be like, honestly, I was just lost for words for it. And, um, you know, it's a, it's an honor for myself um, and for my hometown and for my family, my friends to be able to live these moments um, throughout this journey. And, um, you know, that's why exactly what I do it for. I do it for, you know, my family, my friends, my hometown, um, anybody that's been a part of this journey throughout this, uh, this run so far. Sometimes we get lost in all these debates or we're talking about what the Lakers aren't doing or we're talking about how will the last couple of years affect how you will ultimately view the legacy of LeBron James. Sometimes you just need to take a step back and just appreciate this man for the greatness that is right in front of your eyes and enjoy it for the time that you have it. Because at the age of 37 years old, he is averaging 30 damn points per game pretty much. 29.8, 8.2 rebounds, 6.4 assists, a true shooting percentage of 62% from the field at 37 years old. His name is still revolving around the MVP conversation. Just think about that. Just appreciate the damn greatness. Came straight out of high school, had all those extra NBA miles, Olympics, everything. All right, Dave McMenamin is going to join us in about an hour for more on LeBron as he returns to Cleveland tonight. Staying on the hardwood in the NCAA tournament, we saw multiple upsets on Sunday, including five-seed Houston beating four-seed Illinois in the South region. Eh, Mild upset. The game appeared to turn when Illinois' R.J. Melendez threw down a dunk to cut Houston's lead to four. But Melendez was called for a technical foul for swinging on the rim instead of hurting himself. Just his natural momentum. Here's Illini head coach Brad Underwood. It's deflating. You, you, you make a play that changes momentum of a game. And, and then to have that called in that moment, and I, I, can't, I can't wait to see it. He told me he should have never called it. 
but in the moment he calls it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's personal. I don't know. But uh, for that play to be called like that, when a kid's got a full head of steam going 100 miles an hour, and we all talk about safety and well-being of student-athletes, come on, come on. And then to kill momentum like that, horrible. Yeah, so the Illinois Ill, 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 fighting Illini were down six points, and it's in a huge momentum shifter in this ball game. And, and here's my thing. Look, first off, the refereeing during March Madness thus far has been atrocious. In this game in particular, and I give Houston a lot of credit. They deserve to win this game, but this was a game-changing play. Even lower your rim down to five and a half feet and try to take a running start and dunk the ball. Like, when you say the word swinging, swinging means you dunk, your momentum brings you forward, then it brings you backward, and then you go forward again. That's swinging. But when you dunk with a full head of steam and your momentum brings you forward and you just come back and then you let go of the rim, that's not swinging on the rim. That should not have been called a technical foul. And I think the refs, I agree with Brad Underwood, afforded Houston a huge opportunity to move away in that ball game when it should not have been the case. Look, at least the ref owned it afterward, according to Coach, but that was a Oh, that's as bad a call as you're going to see. Agreed. Meantime, and who cares if you own it afterwards? Yeah. You're owning it yeah, you after it. the fact we lost the damn game. You blew it. Devontae Adams says goodbye to the Packers on Instagram after being traded away from the Packers to the Raiders late last week. All pro wide receiver Devontae Adams took to Instagram on Saturday to thank the Packers organization, his teammates in the city of Green Bay. He did not specifically thank Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Like some germs? Here's some germs. I'm spreading Mm -mm. them, Key. Here's ESPN (laughs) football analyst Marcus Spears on first take. Aaron Rodgers is the reason Devontae Adams is not there. This is not just this year, y'all. We talking about this trade because it just happened. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers not being wishy-washy with the Green Bay Packers for two years. And remember, let me remind everybody as well. We've been talking about Oh, they do Aaron Rodgers so wrong because they are devoid of talent. They have no weapons on the outside. So where are you now, Aaron Rodgers? Where are you now, Green Bay Packers? You better hope that one of these veterans want to sign there. But why would they want to sign there? They don't know if the quarterback is going to want to come back next year. Key, how much did the Adams-Rodgers relationship just run its course? You know, from everything that I know, this all started a year ago with the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams wanted a long-term contract a year ago. The Packers were not willing to give him that. They franchise-tagged him something that he and his representatives certainly said that they didn't want to have happen, and they were not going to play on this deal. The Aaron Rodgers uncertainty certainly played a role in it, and having a relationship with Derek Carr and going back to the West Coast was a big factor in Devontae's decisions. He is still good friends with Aaron Rodgers. He just didn't mention him in the post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. But if you're my good friend and you're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I'm going to mention you in my goodbye letter. And the big story from the NFL is still Deshaun Watson being traded to the Browns. Deshaun was acquired from the Texans along with a fifth-round pick for three firsts, a third, and a fourth. Cleveland thought they were out of the Deshaun sweepstakes until Deshaun Watson changed course on Friday. Here's Cleveland.com's Mary Kay Cabot on the roller coaster week for the Browns, a quarterback. I think that maybe they did underestimate how Baker was going to react to this, and I firmly believe that they intended 
after Deshaun fell through, uh, to have Baker come back and be their starting quarterback, even though he asked for a trade. I 100%, and I know for a fact that that was the plan. That was what they felt was going to happen. And, you know, they, they may have underestimated that there was no way that Baker felt he could come back and into this town again and play for the Cleveland Browns and work with Kevin Stefanski and all of those things. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance, in fact. And uh, here's the question, Key. Did Baker's reaction to the, to the talk, just to the Browns, like, approaching Deshaun Watson before any of this went down, right? Do you think his initial reaction when he posted on social media and everything – get the Browns to go more all-in on Deshaun because it seemed like the relationship with Baker was over? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I think in, in the end, uh, from the start, from the outset, much like I said on our show that you've been working on for the last couple of weeks, right, as this continued to evolve, Max, and I said he'll never play for them again. It's not going to happen. Even if they don't get Deshaun, it's not going to happen because his feelings are involved. I think in the end... Once Baker made the trade demands, it opened up a door, though, for Deshaun and his representatives to go back in there and say, I tell you what, if you give us a NHL deal, an NBA deal, a major league, major league Baseball deal, and you fully guarantee $230 million, he will switch from the Saints, he will switch from the Atlanta Falcons, and we can now make everything okay in Cleveland for you. But I need $230 million of guaranteed money. And they went ahead and said, okay. Because once Baker made that decision to ask for a trade, there was not going to be a Baker Mayfield sighting in Cleveland anymore. And they had nowhere else to go. I can't, I can't hear you, Jay. Your mic's messed up. You are saying the way that Baker handled it then affected the way that the that the situation went down, right? Essentially, right. The, the That's what you're second, saying. not Max asked me about the first tweet out, not the last tweet out, which was the trade. Okay. The last tweet out is what yeah. forced them to go back in, not the first tweet out, because after the first tweet, Deshaun made a decision that he wasn't going to play for the Cleveland Browns. The second tweet, when they didn't have anywhere else to go, but to go back to Deshaun and his camp, at that point. Deshaun and his camp realized that they were now in a bad situation, and the only way to fix it is give us what we need, which is 230 fully guaranteed. Right. So, in other words, in, in, in other words, and by the way, when the Browns released that statement, we're not going to accommodate the trade, and it looked like Deshaun was headed to to to, uh, to New Orleans or else Carolina. I was thinking, well, Key got it wrong, but then the Browns came back and, and got so and, got, and, and so now yeah. Baker's gone. But but I. I yeah, but go ahead, Jay. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Deshaun to the Browns, the way that went down, it sounds to me like he is saying it went from Deshaun Watson distressed asset to Cleveland Browns distressed franchise. So the leverage shifted, and once it did, that absolutely. actually made a deal possible. Oh, absolutely. You, 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 could, you could see it all day long, Max, right? I mean – it, it, he wasn't. He was not going to go to Cleveland originally. He was either stuck between Atlanta and New Orleans from everything I gathered. Then all of a sudden, the Baker Mayfield 
Once Deshaun in his camp told the Cleveland Browns he wasn't going to Cleveland, and then Baker Baker Mayfield knew that and said, you know what, I'm not playing for y'all. Publicly, trade me. Deshaun in his camp then could go back in and say, tell you what, here's a good one. I got 230 million reasons why Deshaun would like to play for you guys. Yeah, I, but it has way, to be fully guaranteed. Jay, I said Carolina. He cleaned it up. Yeah, it's Atlanta. So, I'm at Atlanta. I, I, and so when you look at it from that perspective, it's a situation where the Browns couldn't go nowhere else. They had to do this. I don't know if Atlanta would have done it, and I don't know if New Orleans would have done $230 million of fully guaranteed money. I don't know that just feels like Baker Mayfield gave the Cleveland Browns the gift that they wanted. Now, we, we can talk about how you value that gift, but from the football perspective, the way he handled situations, and Chris Mortensen reported this, right? Uh, they want an adult in the room. Now, <laughs> like I said, there's so many things to get into just off, the, off that. Like, I, I, Evan, Evan Wilner's jumping in my ear saying, Jay, say what you want to say. Like, I, I just, for me, ultimately, guys – like when the Browns say, hey, we want an adult in the room, and <laughs> then they go out and they sign they sign him to the largest deal in the history of the NFL, and they backload it, understanding that they're going to get suspension. Like, it's just about winning football games. The reason that you're it's saying about that. Just winning, it's about winning football games. And just big business, you just want to win football games. Don't say you want an adult in the room. Like, I, who are you bringing in? Like, and I get that he wasn't indicted, and there's a lot of feelings that stir around this. But 22 people, man, there's a pattern. There's a pattern that's being displayed of behavior. But maybe Deshaun is – maybe he – look, I agree with you. This 22, is my personal feeling. 22, I'm, I'm not saying 22 it's up. separate women that you can't just go rush. It's not he said, she said. It's he said, she said, she said, she said, she said. I mean, at a certain point, come on. But do you think it's possible that he can compartmentalize behavior and that in the locker room, on the football field, in, you know, et cetera, he, he can be an adult in the room in a way that Baker's not? Or are you saying this just has to do with the fact that Deshaun Watson is just a much better football player than Baker Mayfield? Yeah, the latter. And he probably can compartmentalize it. And, and that's fine. I can't compartmentalize it. Me as the person, Jay Williams, the, the, the father, me, I can't. Now, I know that you win in this society – and people forget. People move on, right? And that's what the Browns are banking on. But to say all these things, essentially the way Baker's handled things, and I get it, he didn't put himself in the best position to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Um, but, him, he still fought for things. I just – all these words that are used to describe how Baker was, then to go out and get the Sean Watson, that just kind of disturbing to me internally. That's all. Mm. The way conversations are framed. Key what, do you, Key, what do you think about the Browns' public statements versus the reality? You only can go off of their public statement, right? Because we don't – we know our reality. We know and we look at it. But based on what they said in their public statement is they vetted everything that was out there. Now, you're going to have others say that that wasn't the case. You only can believe what they say until we don't know anything else, right, Max? I mean, in the end – We'll know the truth in the end. They're the ones who's going to have to answer to it, Max. Yeah. Jeremy Fowler is here giving you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, Jeremy. Thanks, Max. Good morning. What's up, um, how you doing? So, like, you know, as you see, you walked into the thick of it, right? Like, how much did the way Baker handle everything force the Browns' hands or at least influence them in terms of their willingness to get back into the mix uh, with, with the Watson offer? 
it heightened the urgency for sure. Now, now the Browns probably were going to circle back anyways because a lot of the parties involved knew that it was going to come down to that contract and what was guaranteed. Uh, but you know, I, t- I talked to a league exec yesterday who was like, you know, Baker Mayfield might deserve a little bit of this contract from Deshaun because he he got an aid because Baker comes out hot, says I want out, and it just it just gave Browns all the more reason to say, okay, we have to do something here. You know, we and, and we have a good team. We feel like we can win now. And to Jay's point, I mean, that's really what this all of this is about um, is trying to win and get the right quarterback. And so, you know, these teams are desperate for that. And uh, yeah, it, it it was a factor for sure. But they were you. Know, everybody knew it was, it was going to be about that guarantee and what you could do in Atlanta. Some other teams, they weren't comfortable with that. Jeremy, what's been the feeling around the league as it relates to one of the biggest deals we've ever seen in the history of the NFL for Deshaun Watson to the Browns? I think from, from team standpoints, I mean, they, they like to cry poor anyways. Oh, we don't have enough salary cap. We don't have enough money to pay good players. But there is a little bit of a concern that like, okay, you got, you know, Lamar Jackson on deck. You got Russell Wilson now on deck with Denver that just gave up multiple first round picks just to get this guy. Now you have to pay him, and it's a, it's a new standard, right? Like, are you going to take a penny less than the $46 million a year and fully guaranteed and all that, that Deshaun Watson's getting? And so, um, you know, look, I think these teams would rather have that problem to have a good quarterback. That means you actually have a solution there that you have to pay as, as opposed to the alternative. But, the, you know, the money's gotten so outrageous, I think that there's sticker shock around the league. And you got, you know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, those guys going to be coming up. It's going to be astronomical financially. Jeremy, what what as you we talked about this crazy deal? Yeah. Not only conversation in terms of the players and the picks, but what were the other teams willing to do, if you know at all, on the contract side of things? Well, I know like Carolina was they, they didn't feel comfortable going all the way like with the third and fourth year guaranteed because of what could happen with his case, right? If, or, or if there's another instance um, that we don't know about, like they just didn't want to leave that wiggle room. Now, now. Granted, Carolina wasn't they, – they were going to be the odd man out regardless. So um, maybe that's a little bit of posturing. But, you know, I think Atlanta's the surprising one because they had this pretty much wrapped up. I mean, he, he wanted to go there. That's, that seems to be the sentiment to the point where I was hearing he was, you, you know, having talks with Leonard Fournette and uh, Jarvis Landry, guys who could join him in the short term to try to win in Atlanta right now. Like, that ball was moving. And so the fact that they didn't get that to the finish line, they, they probably – it, these are ownership discussions, right? When you're $200, $300 million in on a quarterback who has this background, you know, the owner's either going to push that through or he isn't. And, um, and so I think with, with Jimmy Haslam and the Browns, he, he was the one willing to go the furthest. Um, we have uh, – we're going to get to much more of this. We have Amber Wilson coming up at six at 7.15 a.m. Eastern. But, Jeremy, we're going to stay in the AFC North right now yeah. because there's some other stuff we have to get to. Play a little hot news or not news. My favorite game. Lyle Collins signs with the Bengals, Jeremy. Hot news or not news? Mm, I think it's hot news because we saw Joe Burrow get beat around all playoffs, nine sacks in the game against the Titans. We know the ceiling of him and his team. So, you know, Lyle Collins is not the best tackle in the game. He's a good player. He's had some off-field issues in the past. Some teams didn't love him. Uh, But it it speaks to a solution, which I think in the grand scheme of an AFC contender is important. So I'd say it's like – Lukewarm news. Yeah, it's lukewarm news, hot news. Lyle Collins goes over there. But the funny thing about all this, Jeremy, if you remember after the Super Bowl, the, and, and Zach Taylor talking about the offensive line wasn't that bad. Right. Uh, you just signed three offensive linemen, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would say hot news, Max. Yeah. What did you say Joe, Joe Burrow's completion percentage was? 
It was second in the league when not pressured. Okay, so yeah, adding to your O line, I like that. Hot yeah, news. They had yeah, to. I think it's hot news also because with all the the offensive linemen in this draft. What the Bengals are sending the strong messages, we, we're not develop, we don't have time to develop anything. We have everything in place. Joe Burrow's on his rookie deal. We're putting the line in yes. now. We're, yes. We just made it to the Super Bowl. We're trying to win a Super Bowl now. Robert Woods to the Titans. Hot news or not news, Jeremy? Mm, I'm going to go not news because this, you know, this is a player coming off an ACL. When's he going to be back to full form? Um, you know, the Rams signing Allen Robinson. To me, that was the hot news. That kind of said, okay, we're resetting at that position. Um, but we're still going to be active. We're still going to try to win this year. Like, you know, the Rams are, are clearly still all in. They're going to do Aaron Donald's contract here soon. They just redid Matthew Stafford's mm. deal. So that move was signified to me more what the Rams are up to. Robert Woods is a really good player they liked, but just they're trying to create some cash flow to be able to do the Aaron Donald deal and some of, the, some of those other things. So they had to get the $10 million salary off the books. Um, you know, Titans, does it change their trajectory? Uh Probably not. I mean, it helps. He's a really good player, uh, but I, I still think it's not news. Yeah, it, it, it's not news to the Titans. It's hot news to the Rams, much yeah. like you said, Jeremy. They are now in talks to do and make Aaron Donald one of the richest players in NFL history. On top of that, they give that money, Robert Woods' money, to Allen Robinson. They still got to do Cooper Cup. They still got a lot of things to do. It's hot news for the Rams, not news for the Titans. I'll say it's hot news for the Titans just because it keeps reminding me that Ryan Tannehill is still their quarterback. If you don't have, <laughs> like, if you don't have a hot news killer, yes, quarterback that's my nowadays. that's my thing. By the way, speaking of killers at quarterback, did Aaron Rodgers force his best offensive weapon out of Green Bay? That's next. Thanks, Jeremy Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN yes. Radio Series XM Channel Eight. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.